Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, and our buddy Jeremy Rutherford is with us now on 101 ESPN. Jared, great to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, real good, real good. Good to be here. All right. I want to start with this. You have a great piece up at The Athletic about what the Blues might look like once they come out of this pandemic and presumably in Vegas. And obviously we don't have any final ideas, but it seems pretty easy to me, and I, I got the impression that it was for you to put together a general lineup for the blues it really was and uh, we have other writers in other cities putting together uh, their rosters and their taxi squads and i looked at a few of those and it seemed a lot more complicated uh, randy uh, they had uh, several guys out with injuries guys who were injured uh, prior to the shutdown and still won't be back uh, but as I looked at the Blues roster, you really just had uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, of course, out since October. He'll be ready to go. And then Oscar Sundquist had a uh, shoulder injury, had missed some time prior to uh, the shutdown, but was uh, still playing. And, of course, he's 100%. So you look at the Blues uh, roster, and you can basically put together uh, that same lineup that we've seen for a long time. Jerry, are there any glaring obstacles you think in front of the blues other than the obvious of getting back into playing shape and the fact that there's not going to be fans all of these things that every team is dealing with but whenever randy and i talk about the blues chances if and when hockey returns it really seems like anything that we might be concerned about them they've already overcome it this past season in one way shape or form so i don't know if i'm being too confident about the blues chances or if they really are that great of a team yeah, no, I agree with you, and I, and I totally understand what you're saying. I think uh, we could probably all use a little caution, myself included, because you know I've answered uh, you know similar question in terms of saying, look, hey, they've handled so much in the last year, the coaching change, uh, everything that happened during the playoffs, and came out of it unscathed, and, and look what they did, and now they have that to uh, rely on. But this is just something that's so different. You know, you mentioned a few things, uh, no fans, uh, going to a different city, playing all the games in one city, being away from your family. Uh, the Blues haven't seen anything like this. No one has. So I think it's difficult for me anyway to lump all that into one category and say, hey, because they came back after the hand pass, they can really handle all this stuff. You know, this is going to be uh, different. Seems like they do have the advantage, though, in that, and you're around the team when they're playing on a regular basis. Not that other teams aren't competitive, but there seems to be a, a different level of competitiveness for this Blues team, the most athletic teams that I've been around. Yeah, and, and you know, that's uh, in part what Michelle is saying is just that these guys just have something. And, and I agree with that 100%. I agree that uh, when these guys get back together at the Centene, and, and hopefully we'll hear some news soon on those small group practices uh, beginning, the league was uh, close to a decision on, on when that was going to happen. Look, they're going to come back, and they're going to be excited. We talked to Robert Thomas the other day on our podcast, uh, and he couldn't wait. And, and then uh, as training camp begins in July, 
cross your fingers. Uh, the rest of the team are going to come in. And I know that all teams are going to reassemble and, and they're going to say, hey, let's go. Let's do this. Uh, but there's just something with the Blues. They just seem to have an even keel about what needs to get done. And then, as you said, uh, just so competitive. So I really do like their chances from that standpoint. JR, I asked Bernie Federico this, and he's kind of in the same boat as us where he didn't know. And I know that you are constantly talking to people, and you may not know the answer either, but I certainly want to ask. You know, you had Gary Bettman come out and say, hey, we're taking a step forward. These are some of the things you can expect if and when hockey returns. And it felt like the NHL took a massive step towards progress, towards actually getting a concrete date that we could all say, hey, this is when hockey's going to return. But then we really haven't heard anything since then. And I don't know how to interpret that silence. Part of me thinks I should think the fact that they're not talking means they're talking behind the scenes and hopefully that means they're ironing out all the details and the next announcement we're going to hear is a is a hard and firm date hey this is when hockey's returning but then i think should i be nervous that we're not hearing anything publicly (laughs) does that mean that there might be some hiccups that they might not overcome so where do you stand on that well i think it's a valid question i just think that they got out everything that they needed to get out uh during the gary bretman press conference and that was a situation where that was weeks and weeks and weeks of work that, that was finally announced publicly. We had heard bits and pieces throughout, but finally through uh, Gary Bettman's voice, we heard what the playoff format was going to look like. You know, I've been saying, other people have been saying for a couple of weeks now, that doesn't mean 100% that there's going to be hockey. They still have challenges. They still have a lot of things that they have to get through. You know, you talk to the players, they're still worried about what that bubble's going to look like. Can they come and go? Can family come out there? There's a lot still to get through. So I think what they did is they got that portion of what they wanted to say out, and now they're going to continue these negotiations, like you said, kind of talking behind the scenes. But, I, you know, the next thing is to announce the small groups phase two. That should come any time now. And then we may not hear anything uh, for a while after that until training camp starts. So I think they're being uh, very measured, very careful. And if you notice, all these dates that they're putting out, they're saying, you know, around that time, early June, maybe early July. They're uh, purposely not setting themselves up uh, to be in a corner in terms of, hey, you said this. JR, there's an interesting piece up at The Athletic by James Myrtle about how, and I, I never thought of this, how perhaps a summer playoff could become the new normal because there's less to compete with. You don't have to compete with the NFL and uh, the NBA during the course of the summer, and you could play the Stanley Cup in August. What do you think the viability of that would be? Starting the season maybe in January and wrapping up in August where your only real competition during Uh, May, June, well, let's say July and August especially, would be baseball. Is there any way to cast my vote against it? I like the summers. (laughs) I I like a sport on ice being in the winter. Yeah, no, that's the biggest thing to me when when, uh, you read Myrtle Peace and you answer the question here is that, you know, to me, yeah, maybe you could uh, uh, play hockey in – uh, later October, uh, but I don't know about pushing it back until uh, January. I think that uh, hockey, uh, we get excited for it, you know, October, November, December, throughout the holidays, all those holidays games over the years uh, with the St. Louis Blues. But if you step back from your feelings and tradition, you look at it and you say, wow, it does make a lot of sense because you're uh, competing with less. Uh, but to, to me, I think, uh, you know, we're looking at a lot of different things because the way uh, this has all changed the landscape of sports. Uh, I don't know that you could get the players to agree with that. So I think it's a situation where there would be so much negotiation uh, before that was even possible. And to me, it would be uh, hard to believe that you could convince the players to play in the summer. And you you look at the ice, too, the ice conditions. Uh, We're going to find out a lot 
Good point. Uh, during these pods, what the ice is going to look like during uh, the 100 degree temperatures in Vegas. Sorry to jump you there, Jr. But thanks no. for adding that extra point there. Very important. Uh, so we're doing the the play Gloria feature here on 101 ESPN, where we're playing the games, the the great Blues games as we relive their path to their first Stanley Cup championship. And tonight we're playing Game Five, where the Blues walked away with a victory. And I was reading again about that game, and Randy and I were talking in the break. So many things during that run. There were so many storylines that, as you're reliving it, you remember that you have forgotten. There's so many storylines that you've forgotten. More more than you've remembered. And I completely forgot about the tripping penalty, the air quotes tripping penalty in that game and how upset Boston and Boston fans were after that. And you you had members of, of the Bruins and their coach coming out and saying that they thought it, it was uh, because Craig Berube had been vocal about some of the calls that were made er- earlier in the series. So they thought maybe calls were going their way. Just what do you remember from that game and the way that Boston reacted to that to that tripping penalty, air quotes? Yeah, I, d- I do remember it. And, and that's, uh, you know, we've been talking for a couple of weeks about all these uh, memories, you know, hand pass, and every time there's a game, it seems like there's something to remember it from. And uh, you know what? That tripping—that's the first time I've thought about it. You know, since the series, <laughs> that's how many—that's how long this list of things that happen uh, is, because uh, that was really significant, and, and you really don't uh, pay much attention to it. But, but yeah, Tyler Bozak, I believe, on on the trip there, Boston's up in arms. The fans are up in arms. You know, uh, Craig Bruby, as you mentioned, had been saying that uh, we're getting penalized a lot. And we weren't we weren't penalized a lot the first three rounds of the playoffs. So uh, it's a situation where it was just like a soap opera back then. But uh, you, you know, you, you you win that game, and then you come home and and you lose game six, and now you got to go back to Boston. To me, there were just so many turning points in that series, uh, and that's definitely one that gets overlooked. And tomorrow night, the Blues are going to win the Stanley Cup here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Randy, spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, I'm just that's my prediction. I'm they call to be Vegas and make a make a bet here. Yeah, no doubt about it. JR, it's always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon. It's always fun. Thanks a lot.